This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. The federal government is coming under fire for this, although now the, the government is suggesting that they're concerned and they want to understand what's happening. Now, this is a, a tax credit uh, available to those living with diabetes. A story from uh, the Canadian press here. Health groups joined forces over the weekend with the conservative opposition to accuse the liberal government of trying to raise tax revenue on the backs of vulnerable diabetics. Diabetes Canada was among the groups that joined conservative politicians to publicly denounce what they say is a clawback of long-standing disability tax credit to help diabetics manage a disease that can cost the average sufferer $15,000 a year. So back in May, the Revenue Department stopped approving a disability tax credit for people with type 1 diabetes for those who had previously claimed it. I want to try to get a better understanding of what's happening here, what this all means. So we welcome to the program here this afternoon, Dave Proughton, who is uh, President and CEO of JDRF Canada. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. All right. Well, what's your understanding, first of all, of of what changed and and what this has meant to, to Canadians living with this? Well, it's actually uh, an issue that has started to emerge, as you mentioned, in the last few months. And uh, our understanding is that prior to May 1st, the vast majority of people with type 1 diabetes were being approved for the disability tax credit when they applied to the CRA. Um, And since that time, it's uh, almost inverted, and uh, significantly more numbers of people are being rejected. Um, And we are unclear as to what has changed. All right, but but something changed uh, earlier this year, as best we can tell. Well, yeah, our assumption is something has changed because uh, given that the vast majority of people who are now applying are not getting uh, approved, it's a deep concern to us. And what's actually maybe even more concerning is that uh, when you apply, you have to have a you know a medical practitioner attest that it's taking you uh, you know 14 hours a week to manage uh, your insulin therapy, which is called a life-sustaining therapy. Um, and and then uh, so what it means is in essence the CRA is not accepting uh, medical practitioners' attestation to that effect, which is obviously a concern. Uh, because they should be viewed as the experts. Right. So that 14 hours per week criteria hasn't changed, but it's Correct. how the government is interpreting that. I think that's a good way to say it, yes. And, mm. you know, what we are, um, we've actually been invited to meet with the uh, the CRA later this week, so we're, we're deep, you know, very looking forward to that. Um, but this issue has obviously caught fire, and uh, we hope we can find a uh, quick resolution. Right. And how does this tax credit work then? So a person with type 1 diabetes uh, has to fill out a form and their doctor has to uh, provide certain criteria or answer questions, right, about the Mm -hmm. amount of time and uh, that gets submitted to the CRA for review. Um, And so then if it gets accepted, that's great. And if it gets back, uh, if it gets rejected, often it gets sent back asking for more information. uh, But that still doesn't seem like it's guaranteeing that people are, are getting approved. Right. And, and the intent is to help offset the cost of, of managing the condition. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. So if it's costing people, you know, up to fifteen thousand dollars a year, uh, this credit on average is worth about fifteen hundred dollars. So it is helpful. Uh, but it certainly doesn't sort of solve the financial issue uh, for people. And really, the credit was put in place to help people uh, with disabilities, right? So this is, um, it's a very strange occurrence that's happening right now from our perspective. Right. And as far as you're concerned, then, uh, any Canadian living with type 1 diabetes, this, this should be available to them. That's right. That is our position, that this should be available to all people with, uh, living with type 1 diabetes. And we think that they should uh, meet the established criteria. Mm-hmm. Now, as I understand last week as well, um, JDRF Canada addressed the uh, Commons Committee on this issue. We did, and it was actually a, um, a, a, a tremendous experience. We were glad that we were invited to present, um, but I would also say it, it, was, it seemed to catch fire in the room a little bit. There, we received a tremendous amount of questioning from all, because the, there was all-party representation there. Um, everybody seemed to be very interested in this issue, and... Uh, you know, walking out of that room, I felt that there was genuine concern to, to solve this issue, uh, but there was also a lot of concern as to how could this happen um, to Canadians with type 1 diabetes. So, so there seemed to be confusion then, uh, at least from, from the, the members of this committee, that maybe they don't know exactly what's going on here. Um, in some cases, they'd actually had constituents bring this issue forward to them, which was, uh, I guess, great to hear because what it means is, uh, you know, Canadians feel comfortable, walk, you know, talking to their members of parliament. Uh, but I would say that this is one of those issues that I think it takes a while to, to see the trends because, you know, people are applying on an ongoing basis. And all of a sudden, you know, you put a few months of uh, rejections together, and what, what you know, which was what was a very sort of small percent at one point, has kind of completely inverted to being a very large. And it took us and others a bit of time to figure it out. But it's clear right now the vast majority of people are um, are are going to suffer if, unless this gets overturned. Right. So. We need some clarity, I guess, on what exactly has changed, if anything, and and certainly you would argue that we need to maintain the the status quo that existed prior to this change. Well, yes, and if the status quo means that the interpretation favors people with type one, you're absolutely yeah. right because this is a very uh, complex, you know, time-consuming condition to manage, um, and I think there's a lack of understanding of. You know, every every time you have food, right? You have to calculate uh, how much insulin to give yourself. This is not like taking a round of antibiotics when the doctor says, you know, take these three times a day and you're done in ten ten days. This is every meal you have to do calculations. And uh, if you're exercising, going to sleep, it's it's a very involved condition that people are living with. And uh, so we we definitely are going to continue to advocate to get this uh, corrected. Well, and I mean, look, we, we, we have made and strive to continue to make advances in, in helping people living with type 1 diabetes, but I mean, is the government somehow under the impression that this financial burden no, no longer exists? Why, I, I, so do understand why they would have changed this interpretation, given that it existed for so long. It's, it's really tough to understand. Uh, we completely agree, and we're, you know, we're really looking forward to Wednesday's meetings up in Ottawa because uh, we hope to get some clarity, um, and, and frankly, we hope we can, um, you know, I'd say win on behalf of our constituents. Well, yes, we hope so indeed. All right, well, much more at jdrf.ca. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here today. I appreciate this. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, take care. Uh, that is Dave Proton, JDF, uh, JDRF, President and CEO, of course, uh, formerly known as the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, JDRF Canada.
Uh, so they're as confused as, as almost everybody else here. Why did this change? Why did this interpretation change around this uh, 14-hour rule? Uh, and, and so why are we leaving uh, those living with diabetes kind of out in the cold here? That you have this available to you for all of these years, now all of a sudden it's not anymore. It is, it is strange. And so the fact that there are MPs, MPs on the Standing Committee on Finance, and government members were confused about all of this, that's not encouraging. I mean, it does come across as a, a pretty callous move. Though, well, we could save some money here by denying this tax credit to, to these people. But if that's not the reason, then, well, then what is? So hopefully this will get straightened out this week. So as you heard from Dave, uh, JDRF Canada is going to meet later this week uh, with the Canada Revenue Agency to get some explanation as to what's going on here, maybe to explain to them why this change should not have been made. So, yeah, I mean, you know, these costs are upwards $15,000 a year. The tax credit itself worth only about 1500 So why take that away? Anyway, 403-974-8255 is our number here today, 974-TALK. Uh, quick break. Uh, we're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.